Welcome to the TV show, a show where we talk about TV. I'm your host, Jay Black, and each week I'm joined by Philadelphia radio legends Angelo Cataldi and Rhea Hughes to discuss the best shows, latest news, and biggest controversies in television. We're in a new golden age of TV, and we're here to talk about it. So, let's get to it. And welcome back, everybody, to the TV show podcast. I'm Jay Black, joined every week by Rhea Hughes and Angelo Cataldi. Always so happy to see you guys. Highlight of my week. Don't tell my kids that. They'll be very upset. <laughs> we got a lot to get to today. A lot, because there is a lot of big TV news. I want to start just with what I consider my own personal big TV news. Rhea, I know you're not a fan of this. Angelo, you live Larry David's life. So I know this is a big deal for you. What did you think of the opening season or episode of Curb this year? I forgot how great Curb Your Enthusiasm is. It had been at least two years, maybe yeah. more. I don't know. And he comes out and, and he just establishes in the first five minutes that he is not just the funniest man on TV now. He is the funniest man in TV history. Yeah, he is amazing. And I'm telling you, the first episode, you know, it's great. So he's got this one thing where you get this. So how long do you have to know somebody before you go to like a nickname? You know, so he meets this woman, Brooke, and they paid to have him and the other woman that he's on this TV show with go to Atlanta. They're probably getting half a million dollars, whatever it is. And 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 he's there and. He uses the term brookie right after he meets her. And she goes, I'm sorry, no, I'm Brooke. Yeah, you have to know me better. That's only for my best friend. Do you know Tom Brookshire? I work with him. Yes. And I had the same debate on when to stop calling him Tom and stop calling <laughs> start calling him Brookie. And I didn't do it, Jay, until so I heard somebody else call him Brookie. It's like that's the kind of stuff. That only Larry David does. Is it not hilarious? Oh. He he for, and he's been doing it for over 30 years. This show, this is the 24th year this show has been on. It's only the 12th season. So every two right. years he does it. Uh and you know, he did it before on Seinfeld. The greatest years of Seinfeld were the Larry David years. He is a genius. And I'm gonna go a step further. I think him choking uh Elmo on the Today oh. Show. Was oh. the greatest moment of TV history, at least oh. in the last 50 years. Angel, you had to love that. I did. I, I loved it because I've never liked Elmo, right? <laughs> in fact, I don't like most of those Muppets. And to see one of them finally get throttled was hilarious. <laughs> I, all I could think is, though, did he set it up with these guys or did he just bring it on? I think he, I, Rhea, he just sprung it on him, right? I think he just sprung it on him. That's yeah. just, that's a, Larry doesn't seem to me being much of a scripted person in uh -huh. interviews, let alone his show. Let me just show you. Here's how he does script, all right? So there's a scene in, in the first episode where he's making fun of the rich guy who paid him all the money to go greet them. He had to go to this party. And he's, and he, uh, a dog steps on a phone and he doesn't realize the guy he was talking to waiting for the check is listening. And he calls the guy's kid, little kid, a potato. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of words. 
But that's the perfect word. He said, oh, his kid's a potato. And I went, <laughs> I laughed for five minutes because I, I saw the kid and he kind of was a potato. And it's just, it's brilliant. It's so great. And it's sad to me. You know, I said to my wife, this is the final season. Yeah. And she said, not for me. I'm married to Larry Dave. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I love it so much. I love it. I think it's the final season, not only of the show, but of a time in HBO's life that we all remember those golden years in the early 2000s where they had the Sopranos, they had the Wire, uh, they had Boardwalk Empire. I mean, just a, a great time in HBO history coming to a close. But, uh, you know, it's it's a shame. Let, let's move on, though. I want to talk about some positive news, which is the Grammys got huge numbers this week. Did you see this? Mm -hmm. Grammys up 30%. Rhea, did you watch the Grammys? Didn't watch them live, but I taped them because I love the performances. So the Grammy is really the only award show that I like. I also, I'm a huge Tracy Chapman fan. Like when she was a huge, you know, back wow. in the day, I wow. actually, I'm so old. I had her cassette. That's how much I loved. I love that entire album. So I really wanted to see her with Luke Combs. That was tremendous. I, I'm a massive Grammys fan. Oh. And what did you think, Rhea, of Trevor Noah? I know you weren't a fan, Angela. We'll get to you in a second. Did you like Trevor Noah? I thought he was good. Like, I, I liked his Taylor Swift joke. I thought that was actually funny, you know? My my daughter came up to me, my 13-year-old Swifty daughter, with the iPhone, and was like, look, Dad, look, this is how you do a Taylor Swift joke. It's respectful. And I'm like, when did you start making uh, uh, promises or uh, pr uh, uh, declarations on what a good joke is? You didn't like him, Angelo. You weren't a fan. Let me go further. I have never liked Trevor Noah. Ah. I loved The Daily Show when Jon Stewart did it. So did I'm I. thrilled by the fact that he will be returning to it next week, once a week on Mondays. Trevor Noah has sucked at every job he's ever had, at least in this country. He was do you realize that people realize Trevor Noah was the host of The Daily Show for seven seasons? In the course of those seven seasons, he managed to lose 70% wow. of the audience he started with. Seven out of 10 people somewhere in the course of those years left because yeah. he's not funny. And he was not funny there either. In fact, I did what you did. I started it. I watched it. Yeah. I watched the first uh, act, uh, Dua Lipa, which was spectacular. Yeah. I don't know how she did all that, all right? Then he came on and ruined the next 10 minutes, right? <laughs> don't tell me about a Taylor Swift joke. He, he wasn't, oh, he's just gushing with happiness and positivity. Then they come on with Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs. Best moment in the whole show. Yeah. Unbelievably great, right? Then... From that point to the end, and I watched it all, I got nothing going on. He sucked the life out of every, the rest of the show. Every time he came on, it went, oh. Well, do you know who was unintentionally really funny? Yeah. Miley Cyrus deciding to reincarnate yes. herself as 1980s Kurt Russell. That She <laughs> took Kurt Russell's hair from him. I, I don't know what was, and I, I like Miley Cyrus. That was just bizarre. That that her performance of Flowers was spectacular. She, right? I love that song. She, I love that song. I'm a fan. He's Jay. You're the jo the, the jokester. You're the comic. Yeah. Is he good? 
it, it wasn't well i as a comedian i don't think he's a spectacular comedian no uh i think his job hosting i think he looked at what joe coy did and figured out how to step in and not ruffle any feathers so from that point of view he did a good job i don't know how you do this unless you're ricky gervais or uh jimmy kimmel uh, and actually come out and make people laugh. So from that perspective, the fact that my daughter was not up in arms is a success <laughs> is the way I look at it. No. But I'll say this. I You couldn't make me feel bad after the Tracy Chapman performance and the Billy Joel performance. Yep. Did yeah. you see the Billy no, Joel performance? No. I'm glad you mentioned that. He sounded awful. All right. <laughs> people are saying this because he's 100. Yeah, he yeah. did not sound good. And this is really not politically correct. Joni Mitchell, who had never been on the Grammys and is an icon. Which is ridiculous, by the way. uh, And has dealt with a lot of serious health issues. She's 80 now, and she did not sound good. I'm sorry. That's a great song, both sides now. She butchered her own song. I'm being honest. Sometimes you have to be honest, Rhea. Sometimes you don't when they're 80 and an icon. You just (laughs) say, thank you, Joni. It was fantastic. I'm almost 82. I could say it. I'll never say it about you. <laughs> uh, I, I'll just, I want to say a quick story. I think you'll like this, Angela. Why Billy Joel had been off the Grammys for as long as he had. In the 90s, apparently uh, they were giving a Lifetime Achievement Award to Frank Sinatra. And yeah. they played him off, which pissed off Billy Joel. Oh. So when Billy Joel went to play his song, he stopped midway through and started pointing at his watch going valuable advertising passing by valuable advertising time Uh passing by and then went back to playing apparently the grammys were not happy with him which is why he hadn't been back in 30 some years that was that also why he didn't write a new song for 30 years he's got a new one just dropped february 1st turn the lights okay as long as he doesn't do it live because he's kind of lost his mojo (laughs) my god Angela Catani never lost his mojo. No. Uh, all right, I'm, I'm going to butcher this name. If I say it incorrectly, somebody jump in and, and help me out. A.O. Edibiri? Edibiri? Edibiri. I just wanted to touch on this briefly because she's fantastic. We all love her in The Bear. One of the best parts of a great show. I just read that she dropped out of the Marvel movie Thunderbolts, which I know you're not a Marvel guy, Angelo. Uh, but she did it to do the third season of the bear, which is a good reason to do it. It just kind of uh, spoke to me about the changing landscape of the, the entertainment world, because in the old days, getting a major motion picture, getting a starring role in a hundred million dollar movie was the career capper. That's what you worked your entire mm-hmm. life for, but to drop out of that, to take, you know, a supporting role in a great television series that only runs 10 episodes, that to me indicates that we live in a very different time. Rhea, do you think she made the right choice? Did she choose the right thing for her career? Well, she made the right choice for her career in terms of what people think of her because, I mean, she's brilliant. And she probably took the role when she accepted the role. They probably didn't realize that the bear was going to go to a third season. I'm sure, you know, like we all, the minute we all finished season one, we went, Oh, God, please tell us there's a season two. So that's probably why she did take it. But for her, she's so good. She'll be able to write her ticket. That that kind of role is going to come around for her again because I think she's special. Not for everybody. Not everybody can do that. But for her, I think she is. Angela, you think she? you uh, were applauding. You don't like Marvel I movies. Second, I second Rhea's motion. Here's the deal. 
I don't know if you realize this, on Saturday night, she hosted Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And I watched this woman. Just, she nailed every single skit she was in. It didn't even look like she was reading off cue cards. She (laughs) is so talented that I am positive that she is going to be a superstar, regardless of being a stupid superhero in Marvel. All right, she's a more. <laughs> she doesn't need the, the 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 explosions and all the fancy special effects. That woman is fantastic. And you know what? You know, if you go back to the first episode of The Bear, you love her within two minutes. Yep. You just Absolutely. she's got a manner about it that's so winning, and. I'm thrilled she did not go down the pathway where all the money is. That's where all the money is. That's where you get, you know, oh, my God, $3 billion, this Marvel movie. No, she's a real superstar without needing all the bells and whistles. And she's going to be great. And I applaud her for saying, no, I won't be a superhero. I'm going to be- to the beer. I love I, You know what? I, I agree with all of that, but I do want to put the word out. Kevin Feige, if you're listening, I will take that role. You can rewrite it for a middle-aged man. Whatever you need to do, I'm there. I'll play the superhero, the bear. Gay guys already call me a bear, so I think I could be the bear. I think that could work as my superhero alter ego. Uh, All right, so this is a last-minute thing that just dropped in the news, and I had to get your guys' opinion on this because this is a big deal. This is like the, the three worst people in the world coming together to put together an offer for you. It was announced late last night that Fox... Disney and Warner Brothers, our friend David Zaslov, were combining forces to create a new premium sports network to put all their sports offerings out for cord cutters. And the pricing on this is the thing I'm most excited about because they said they want to charge more than regional sports broadcasters do, like what you pay for your uh, Comcast Sports Network, which I guess it's Philly, NBC Philly now. NBC Sports Philly. But they want to charge less than like a YouTube TV, like a cable alternative streaming. So somewhere between the $20 you'd spend for a uh, regional sports network and a uh, uh, the $99 a month you'd pay for like YouTube TV or $75, whatever that is. So I'm going to put the over-under on this new streaming service at $29.95 a month. That is, I think, the target thing. You're way off. All right, so, Angela, I'll start with you. You Uh, There was an expert on CNN today, a uh, media expert, who said it won't be under 45. It'll probably be more than 50. Oh, that's impossible. Who would pay that? I don't know. But that's why, and I realized when I saw this proposal, there there is nothing David Zasloff will ever do that I will approve of, all right? He would be the kind of guy, if you were having a conversation with him, you'd have to keep your hand on your billfold. I he would try to pick your pocket at some point. Now, this is, Rhea, would you ever do this? I mean, you, you, you. I I don't understand what the benefit is. What am I getting from it? No, no CBS. You're not getting those. No, so those games are out of bounds. What do you, what do you getting? I'm getting Fox Sports. You're getting all the TNT TBS basketball. You're getting okay. all the college sports on ESPN. Uh, all the Major League Baseball on ESPN. Uh, all the 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 NFL. So the Monday night game, and then you're getting uh, whatever Disney owns. I don't even know. Well, that's ESPN stuff, and then you're getting all the Fox ESPN. Sports stuff, all the regional Fox Sports stuff. So you're getting a pretty good collection of stuff, but you're not getting everything. And if you're going to charge fifty dollars, I think I had this before, Jay. I think it was called yeah. cable, and then I cut the cord. No, it's right. not as good as cable, real. 
Cable's giving you NBC and CBS, which this isn't giving you. There's one way they would get me to buy, all right? If it was the only way I could get the Red Zone channel, all right? That's the only way I would do it because I need that kind of thing. They're not giving you anything in there that you're not getting on cable and you're getting less. Why would you do it? But if, 50, if they went $50 a month, it's only $30 more to go with a, a cable alternative. So why yeah. wouldn't you just do exactly. that? Exactly. It's, yeah. it's pointless. Maybe that's why they're doing it. Maybe they're just trying to get people back into cable because that's where their money making is, yeah. right? I mean, that's ESPN was a cash cow. I This is an abject failure. You guys are sports fans. I could never see right in this check. I just couldn't do it. Not a chance. It's no. another fail by David Zasloff, who is this guy. How many times is he going to blow it before somebody fires him? Right. He's and I just, You're ruining HBO, David. Leave. And I just I just <laughs> want to put the word out to the uh, HBO stockholders. I would gladly take that David Zaslov job. If the, if it's available, that's yes. all I'm saying. If it's available, you could ask You're me. Shameless. Shameless. Rhea, what do you got for <laughs> us this week on America's favorite segment, British Corner? It's actually an Australian show. It's called The Claremont Murders. It is available on Acorn via, pool, uh, via porn, <laughs> via Prime. I'm now very interested, porn. Rhea. I'm taking a different digression. Um, so it's basically in 1996, three young women disappeared within the span of a year in like a night spot area, like, a, like an old city that was in, um, you know, in Australia. And uh, they found the bodies of two of the women. I mean, young women, like 18 to 21. Uh, and the investigation, so it's a dramatization of that. what was the largest manhunt in Western Australia. It spanned over 20 years. At one point, 100 police officers are working on it, and they couldn't find this person. Uh, the trial was the most expensive, over $11 million. So they did find the bodies of two women. Um, I, so I don't want to give anything away, but here was what I found interesting about it. I didn't like it. I think it's a little bit a step above law and order, which is how they, because they did it weirdly. It's only two episodes, but those episodes are 120 minutes oh, each. Oh, wow. Like Sherlock. They're way too long. I, when I'm sitting there going, when is this episode going to end? Because I'm used to episodes being shorter. I think they should have split it into four. Um, but it really told this dramatic story of, how they wound up finding this guy and it involves, I don't want to give it away. A, a minute piece of DNA. That's amazing. And good old fashioned, you know, dogged police work from a detective who had been on the original task force came back when it was declared a cold case and two young detectives brought all their knowledge. And that's how after 20 years, they were finally able to solve uh, this this serial murder and it's it was pretty remarkable. So I do like it, uh, but like I said, it it just should have been done differently. Two two episodes that long were too long for well, it's, me. It's Australia; everything's upside down there. This I've always true. wanted to see a show about like what it must be like to be one of those guys that gets away with a murder or like whatever for forty years and then just like lives their life and then they get caught. Yeah. Like that's got to be. You think you get away with it, but you're always worried. I, I don't know. It's it's something about that makes me. Uh, well, you watch this and you'll find out how someone did get away with it for 20 yeah. years. I think that was pretty amazing. That's a lifetime script by Jay Black. <laughs> yes. that, the guy has a romance and then he they find out he was a killer 40 years ago. Beautiful I, I, story. Exactly. That's not a bad. Angela, you keep giving me these really good ideas. I'm going to have yeah. to start writing you <laughs> a percentage of my. Though. I'm hoping to get a finder's fee or something for all these. <laughs> 
<laughs> Rhea, what do you got for Teen Corner this week? So uh, Clark has watched is watching Masters of the Air, which I believe is like the third or depending the Spielberg Hanks World War II, um, you know, package. extended universe. It's it, yeah, it's either the third or the fourth if you include Saving Private right. Ryan in it as the movie, which I, so. But this deals with um, in the air, so it's basically he he sent me. He texted me his review this morning. So it's the Army Air Campaign, American Air Campaign, against the Germans in World War II. Clark, it got 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. Clark gave it at 8.5. Roger Ebert did not like it. He only gave it two. Um, because I think in comparison to the other shows in this trilogy, it's hard to get um, very in-depth with what they did in those other series when a lot of the action is taking place in an airplane sure. and you've got helmets on. I think that that kind of, you know, was difficult. What Clark did say about this, and the kid who stars in it is Austin Butler, you know, Elvis. Of, um, uh, Elvis. Yeah. So, you know, the, his star is kind of rocketing. The interesting part that Clark did say to me, he goes, there's a lot of dying in here. Like a lot yeah. of people die in this. They actually called that battalion, if it's a battalion, the Bloody Hundredth. So, and they have a lot of it. Clark said that was the one because he loved the CGI. He said the special effects, the action scenes were, he loved that part of it, but he did say it was a little grisly. My, it's just, it's uh, interesting that your, your teen son is watching it because that is such a dad show. Well, he's watching it with his dad. <laughs> yeah, yes. My father-in-law called me in a panic because he couldn't figure out how to get Apple TV on his TV. And you've never heard, I thought someone, there was a fire or someone was sick. He's like, you got to get over here. I got to watch Masters of the Air. So it's I'm interested that a young man enjoyed it as much as he did. Uh, Angela, what do you got for us this week? Yeah, in honor of the Grammys, I got a couple of documentaries, one of which just dropped, that are phenomenal in taking you inside the art of songwriting. All right? And uh, the one that just dropped is on Netflix, the Greatest Night in Pop. Now, there had been documentaries before about the making of We Are the World, yes. the great song yeah. that has already earned over $80 million for hunger relief. And uh, But they, in the course of doing this, they, it was an American Music Awards night, and all of the big stars were there. So uh, basically, uh, Quincy Jones is the promoter. He got He called in all these marks, and he got everybody after the awards thing to come over. And uh, he he does it with Michael Jackson and uh, Lionel Richie. And I got to tell you something. If you want to see how they make a, a song, the art of songwriting, you know, Richie and Jackson, Michael Jackson get together. And there's some real great footage of Michael Jackson kind of fine tuning it until he gets it right. And yeah. he, you can see a genius at work. And then how Lionel Richie kind of coordinates the whole thing. Every big name in pop music, except for Prince, was there that night. Prince said he was coming and didn't show up. All right. Yeah. So they ended up working in Huey Lewis from Huey Lewis and the News. It's good. The best part, because they were also filming a video for it. You got all this behind the scenes stuff. You got Diana Ross there and all these amazing supersets. Uh, Billy Joel's hanging out with Bruce Springsteen and all this stuff. <laughs> and they're focusing in on Bob Dylan. Dylan, yep. And the thing about Dylan is he looks around and realizes there's only one guy in that room 
who can't sing a lick. And it's Bob Dylan. He's an awful yes. singer. And you can see it in his face. And then they save him till right the very end. And you watch the way they got to nurse him through it to get a usable cut of him singing because he can't sing. They use Stevie Wonder. They bring Stevie Wonder out like it's his uh, emotional support pianist. Stevie Wonder. <laughs> You've seen it? You saw it, Jay? Yes. Yeah, it's great. Glenn Macnell talked about it online. Too. Oh, it's phenomenal. And Stevie Wonder's amazing in it. And why, if you want, if, after you watch it, you're going to go, wow, I really love that. On Prime right now, the day the music died, it came out a couple of years ago. It's how Don McLean did the song American Pie. Huh. I love that song. Oh, Rhea, he takes you through how he did every verse. I went to see him in his 50th anniversary in August. Wow. I saw him live in Ocean City. And the people there, I was the youngest person there <laughs> other than my wife. And through the whole concert, they had Al Stewart, then they had him. No one stood at any point until the final verse of American Pie. And wow. these 80 and 90-year-old people with creaky bones all <laughs> stood up together and, bye, bye, it's American Pie. And it was, <laughs> I'm telling you, the day the music died on Prime, and uh, Netflix, The Greatest Night in Pop, you got to see them. They're great. They really show you how it's done. It, it reminded me a little bit of that scene in uh, the Beatles documentary that Peter Jackson did a yes. while ago. Uh, that moment when Paul McCartney is just messing around on his bass and he starts getting into Get Back. Yeah. I always say it's like, I don't know if there's a spiritual world, but at that moment, if there was the door opened up and the light of the other side came through, you can kind of see it. It's a beautiful moment when you see genius at work like that. It really is. Yeah. It's amazing. It's really fun to watch. And then you say to yourself, wow, that's a unique talent. Not many people have that. Yeah. It's pretty amazing stuff. Well, I get to see the light of the other side every week when I'm with you guys. All right. Let me tell you what we've proposed here. Curb your enthusiasm. Highest rating. It's on at 10 o'clock on HBO. It's also on Max. If you want to see it, there's not a funnier man in history of television than Larry David. Uh, there is, uh, I, I guess, uh, I don't want to tell you to watch the Grammys. I'm sure it's on, it's online somewhere. TikTok. I don't know exactly where it is. You can see uh, Ayo, uh, I can't say it now, Ayo Edaberry, uh on The Bear on Hulu. If you want to see how great she was at Saturday Night Live, that's on Peacock. The Fairmount Murders is on A. No, Claremont, Claremont. Claremont, all right. Spell it. Claremont, C-L-A-R-E-M-O-N-T, the Claremont murder. Yeah, that's a good one, too, I heard. That's on <laughs> Prime by way of Acorn. Masters of the Air is on Apple TV. Netflix has got the greatest night in pop, and Prime has the day the music died. Fantastic. And if you enjoyed what we did here, please tell everyone you know, tell a friend or two. Quincy Jones, I just want to put this out there. If you're going to do another one of those, I am available. Just throwing that out there. I would come in, write a song for you. But uh, please tell your friends. And uh, we're here every Wednesday for you. We love doing this. And uh, we'll be back next week. Special thanks, of course, to Jared Clapper for producing. We clap for Jared Clapper. If you want a Thank copy you. of Angela Cataldi's book, go to AngelaCataldi.com. Look for Loud or go to Amazon.com either one he gets the money uh we appreciate you copping by and we will be back next week
We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the TV show. If you did, please like, subscribe, and review us on iTunes. It'll help people find the show. Also, please follow me on Twitter at JBlackIsFunny. You can send me suggestions and comments about the show there. Even mean ones. I'm an any attention is good attention kind of guy. We'll see you next week with another episode.